Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. He leads away. Australia away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth Hello and welcome to the Scoop Together Cricket Podcast dedicated to the women's game. I'm Emily Collin. And I'm Laura Jolly. And on the show today we've got Holly Furling joining us uh, from Brisbane. So Holly is fresh off her debut with the ACT Meteors. Uh, So it was great, yeah, great to catch up with Holly. She's such a lovely person, um, got such a great perspective on cricket and life. um, And we know she's absolutely killing it in the media, so she's got her journalism degree. That's all wrapped up, and, yeah, it's been great to see her gracing our screens with um, with the Channel 7 team. Um, but we've, before we get stuck in with Holly, uh, LJ, the domestic season, is it's underway. So we had a cracking weekend of WNCL action. Um, there were hundreds of hundreds galore. I think we had something like four centuries across the weekend um, from some of the stars of the game. Um, standout performer of the weekend from you, LJ? Um, I think the Queensland team was super exciting, which we knew. But um, I think the one that stood out for me was Georgia Bowl. Like 19 years old, comes out, smacks 145 against quali- pretty quality opposition in the breakers. Obviously, their bowling attack's not quite full strength at the moment, but serious performance from a teenager. So I absolutely love seeing that. Um, how about you? Yeah, Georgia Georgia Vol was unreal. Um, crazy to think that she's only 19. Um, I think we saw a, a tweet from Jess Jonathan. Uh, once all the weekend's action had wrapped up, that we're we're very close to seeing Georgia Vole in Aussie colours, and yeah, it's hard not to see that that coming true eventually in the next couple of years. Um, my my favourite performance from the weekend was from another Queenslander, um, and that was Grace Harris. Uh, Grace, she came out and whacked I think seventy odd from fifty odd against New South Wales on Sunday at North Sydney Oval, absolutely smoking them um, to all parts. Um, and I feel like when Grace is when Grace gets going, she's absolutely one of the best in the business. Like she, there's no better player to watch. Like just just the way she hits the ball, she hits it so hard. Um, so I'm calling it now that I think it's I think it's going to be the summer of Grace Harris. Um, she spoke after the game a little bit about how, what she's been working on um, between uh, the Commonwealth Games and now, and she said she's been uh, putting a lot of work into her bowling as well. I think she took four wickets across the weekend. So. Watch out. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see what the summer holds for Grace Harris, particularly with so much T20 cricket coming up with the WBBL and then, of course, the um, T20 World Cup on the horizon in February. So, yeah, very, very exciting times ahead. I'm absolutely here for the summer of Grace Harris. <laughs> bring it yep, on. Bring that on. And we've also got 
an Ashes series to look forward to. So uh, last week, the ECB released the schedule for next year's uh, Women's Ashes series in June. So, like, pretty exciting to look at, not going to lie. So not only do we get a five-day test uh, at Trent Bridge, um, the teams, Australia and England, are also going to be playing at some of England's most iconic grounds. So, it, yeah, it was a very exciting announcement and I know I know you were pumped as well, LJ. Yeah, I think it's so cool that one, they get a five-day test. I think people have been calling out for that. Awesome to see that put in at a venue like Trent Bridge too. That's going to be really cool. And just the fact they get to play two games in London. Like, um, a lot of people don't realise that often when the Australian women in the last 10, 9, 10 years of two in England, they, they don't actually play in the capital. So it's really cool to see the Lords and the Oval on that schedule. Um, it's going to be so cool. I think for players, it just means so much to play at a ground like Lords, which is just so iconic yeah, for the game. definitely. So can't wait definitely. for that. And we've seen like like sort of observing how things have gone over in England with the 100. It looks like they get just cracking crowds. They just come out, they come out in force and... Look, they might not be barracking for the Aussies, but I think they'll certainly, the Aussie girls will certainly relish the opportunity to play on those iconic grounds in front of some hopefully packed stadiums. So, yeah, it's going to be very exciting when that, when that rolls around. And uh, the final thing we want to cover off is um, an issue that, well, if you have the, rem- the remotest interest in either cricket or if you go on Twitter, uh, you most, most likely would have seen the storm uh, around how the final England versus India ODI wrapped up over the weekend uh, in England at Lords. So um, if you haven't seen it, Deepti Sharma ran out Charlie Dean at the, the non-strikers end to seal a series win for India. Um, probably the saddest thing was that, I mean, it was Jalan Goswami's last game. So, um, and I think it's it's probably fair to say that this whole the storm around the the so-called mancad or the um, the run out at the non-strikers end as we now call it, it's kind of overshadowed the farewell of one of the all-time legends of the women's game. Um, yeah, a hundred percent. I don't think you can deny that. Um, it was really cool watching the way that the England team gave Jelana guard of honour onto the field when she came out to bat for the last time, and she obviously got chaired off at the end. But um, when all the talk after the game is about this controversial finish, I think it, it really did take away a bit from. Um, what should have just been a, a celebration of Jelan? Yeah, it's a shame. Thoughts, LJ? Is it is it okay to um, do? <laughs> look, I'm always really torn on this because it's in the rules and it's yeah. in the laws of cricket. They've recently made that change that's even taken it out of the unfair, unfair play section and put it in the run-out section. It's a completely legitimate dismissal now. Of mm. course, this drama keeps taking more twists and turns with India claiming they warned Charlie Dean and Heather Knight saying they didn't warn Charlie Dean and... Oh, the fact is you don't even need to give a warning <laughs> according to the laws. That's a courtesy thing. Um, so, yeah, part of me lives for the drama and it's in the rules. Go for it. Um, on the other hand, I don't think I would do it. And it is kind of a does leave a little bit of a, an off taste in the mouth when a game ends like that. So what do you think? Uh, yeah, look, I, I don't rate it, to be honest. Um, yes. Yeah, I know it's in the rules. Um yeah, I know it's in the laws of the game and yet yeah, maybe there's the argument that the batter is perhaps gaining a bit of an unfair advantage if they come out of their crease before the bowlers release the ball. But I don't know. It's just maybe it's, it's just the way I feel. I don't like it when players do it. Um, I'd be so annoyed if someone did it to me. Um, I don't know. Is it a bit of a cop out? Like, <laughs> are we resorting to that when you have literally no other options left? Like you've tried everything. The batter's too good. Um 
like a cop out. Like, can you try, like, just get them out legitimately? <laughs> yeah. And then I guess other people say, well, does the batter need to leave their crease? You're not going to get right out if you don't leave your um, crease. I guess this is why people it's... have been having this debate for like the last four days. People just have so many different opinions on it. <laughs> it just divides everyone. <laughs> yeah. And look, when Australia go to India in December, they'll just need to be really careful about leaving their crease. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I did see one perspective that said, um, Maybe it's a sign of how far the women's game has come that this has literally captured the attention of every single cricket fan in, in, the, whole, in the whole world and everyone on Twitter. Everyone's tw- talking about it. So maybe, maybe we'll take that as a positive. And um, probably the only other bit of news this week, which is probably not wholly unexpected, was just the confirmation from the Melbourne Stars that Meg Lanning won't be playing in the WBBL this year. Um, pretty big blow for the stars, although we we fully support Meg having her break and living her best life. Um, how do you think the stars can cover her? It's it's going to be tough. It's going to be very, very tough. I mean, we've, we know that they've got Jamima Rodriguez and young Alice Capsey up there, but I feel like from a top order perspective, like even a leadership perspective as well, like Meg is Meg's the sort of player that she can win cricket bat, cricket matches off her own bat, and she she brings together a team, and she knows she knows how to win cricket games. So I think it's gonna be it's gonna be really tough for them, and it it does make their team look completely different. So look, it's gonna be a tough ask for them, but uh, yeah, like I hope they can I hope they can pull it together. It's gonna be a big um, interesting to see who takes over um, captaincy. Like, do we see is it someone like Annabelle Sutherland who steps up? I think there'll be a lot of pressure on her shoulders as one of the as the only other Aussie player in the team or is it a young Nicole Fulton who's had leadership experience does she take over the reins so I think yeah there's there'll be some pressure on some young shoulders to step up but yeah we hope it all goes well for them uh, but anyway that is enough from us uh, we hope you enjoy uh, a very nice chat with Holly Ferling who is loving life uh, as an ACT meteor and is also pumped for what the uh, the WBBL season holds um, in orange so yep Holly is moving over to the first Scorchers and she's pumped about that as well. So hope you enjoyed listening. Holly Furling, the first time we've ever had you on the scoop. We are stoked to see you, especially in ACT Meteors colours. So just firstly, how are you? How's everything? We know you've made the move over to, to Canberra, but you're back in Breezy. So how's everything going with you in your life at the moment? Yeah, I've been loving it. It's been a massive change. Um, cold, for one thing. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> I think it's it's one of those things where if you dress for it, you're fine. And when you expect it to be cold, it's okay as well. So I, I ripped the Band-Aid yeah. off in the first uh, couple of weeks. So I think there was a, a morning that the feels like temperature was minus six or minus eight. I went, you know what? I'm getting oh a coffee at God. six a.m. <laughs> up and did it. And I was like, okay, if I can handle this, I can handle anything. So, um, no, it has been a, a, a bit of a change, but I, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I've had the opportunity to, to step in into some leadership roles um, as well within the team. But um, this is a really cool young bunch um, that are super passionate, really get around each other. And um, no, it's something really exciting to be Yeah, part did of. you have any preconceptions going in about what Canberra might be like as a, as a place to live? And has it met, up, met those expectations? I think Canberra previously has always been somewhere where I always kind of associated with it being quite sleepy and, and, and not not having too much happening, but I think the last couple of years that I've toured and um, I've actually had a chance to work there as well um, when I've been working with Channel 7, it's there's a lot happening. Like there's, there's it's starting to really become a, a bit of a precinct. It's I love my food and I love my coffee. So there's lots of restaurants on my list that I need to keep checking off. 
Um, but yeah, there's, there's lots happening, but I, probably the one thing that surprised me the most is the accessibility. So one, how <laughs> quick you can actually get around Canberra. Um, but also too, it reminds me of country hometown for, for me, but, um, also too, just all the paths and the bikeways. Um, I've was too much. Of a and the scooterways. That's it. That's exactly right. I, um, I was too much of a well, sook, scooters. I was too much of a sook to buy a road bike in Brisbane. I always wanted to, um, but in Canberra, I've had no excuse. I've, I've got one now and I get myself around nice. the Pilates. There's a, a group of us that, that go for a ride on a weekend as well. Beautiful. So yeah, like I feel like I don't know not many people speak about how like good like of a place Canberra is to be and and do things. Yeah, like every time we've been there for WNCL and whatever, like we've absolutely loved it. So love 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 the Canberra energy. And like Holly, what are some of the things that you've sort of been doing in the last few weeks to like make Canberra feel like home to you? Is it like do you sort of go home and cook? Like, are you just walking around exploring? Like, what have you been doing to to get settled in and make yourself feel happy? You've probably hit two things that I do a fair bit um, in, in one go there. Bit of a loaded question. Um, no, I, um, <laughs> I I love going for walks in the mornings. Um, so for me, that kind of yeah. gives me a gives me my bearings. Um, and, and I love just getting out and uh, putting in a podcast um, and yeah, nice. yeah, just going for a walk or calling friends. I think that's kind of been another thing. I always used to catch up with one of my girlfriends, Claire, um, for, for coffee and a walk uh, each week here in Brisbane. And then now it's a phone call, but it's still a coffee and it's still at the same time that we normally would do it. So still finding ways that to still make it feel like in routine. Um, I was really lucky. My, my partner, Josh, and my cat, Chuck, moved with me. Um, so we've, oh. got, we've got everything. We're, we're fully set up in, in Canberra. So from that respect is, is still feeling like home because um, I've got everything there that, that I had. How did Chuck take the move? Yeah, it's going to ask. The road trip was was quite funny. Um, he freaked out for the first little bit and then he decided that he likes cuddles. He's he's a rag doll, so he, their, their temperament is meant to be that they're these lazy, loving cats. I don't know what I got. I didn't get that. Um, okay. <laughs> like he likes to be the boss and he'll, he wants attention, but only on his terms, probably a standing cat yeah. thing, but um, no, he's, he's enjoyed the, uh, the transition. I think we haven't had to take him to the groomer as much because his long fluff is actually really good for the winter. So yeah. he's, he's yeah. been enjoying the colder so, weather. How long did the trip take you? Like, could he come out of the car at all Like yes. when you were driving down? Yeah, we had him, um, whoever wasn't driving, he was in the lab because he doesn't like his cat carrier <laughs> as much. Um, but we, every time we stopped, we kind of put him in the tray of the ute and had his food and water and everything <laughs> that, he, oh. that he needed. But um, no, he, he just wandered around the, the ute a little bit and, and everything. But yeah, we did it. Josh and I did it in one hit. Um, we just alternated drivers um, and tried to get down there as, as quick as we can, um, mostly for the cat's <laughs> sake, but <laughs> the sacrifice was no sleep, but it's fine. <laughs> and you mentioned the um, the Meteors group. How have they been getting you, you settled in and what kind of group is that to come into? Yeah, it's quite a unique, um, unique group just because there's so many of us that are not from Canberra. Um, I, I really hope that in the next little bit, we actually change that um, and we start to, to really get a, a good group of girls coming through the, the pathway there in Canberra because there's plenty of talent there sitting in the club system. So um, and Osborne's now working alongside that. But um, the, the girls as a whole, though, because everyone doesn't necessarily have their family, they're from Melbourne, Sydney, all over the place, Queensland, um, the team becomes their family, uh, which, is, which is something really cool. And even the organisation becomes their family. Like we've got 
so many people within the organization that do more than their role. Um, and that's something that has really opened my eyes. Um, everyone doesn't stay in their silo. Everyone's chipping in and helping out wherever they can. And um, it, it's just little things like the, um, we had state, state of origin. We all went to, to Katie Mack's place, um, footy finals. We went and watched the poor Lions lose, um, but we all went to, to Raf and Yates's place. So everyone really gets around each other and knows what it's like to be that new player that comes in to a brand new city without connections. And um, I think that's, that's kind of been the strength of ACT is the, the connection that everyone has with each other, um, first and foremost, before cricket even happens. Um, but that's always those relationships and the strength in those relationships are what um, the, the team falls back on when under pressure. And you, you mentioned leadership positions. What does that, what's that looking like for you? I mean, I suppose coming from like spent so long at Queensland, like you've been around professional cricket for so long and some of these Meteors girls are so young. So have you sort of kind of taken, taken them under your wing a little bit, even though you're the, the new face <laughs> in the team? Yeah, the newbie. Um, no, I... I, I'm really excited. I actually get to work alongside Katie Max. Katie, Katie's our captain. Uh, Carly Leeson and I are vice captains. And what's really cool as part of our leadership group is I think we each bring something really different. Um, I like to think my strength is people um, and finding what makes people tick and, and being able to, to foster that um, and, and grow that through my core values of, of love. Um, but then Katie's a little bit more... Um, she's a, she's a straight shooter. She shows by example, leads by example. She, she kills it in all of our fitness testing. She's our best fielder, best batter, all of that kind of stuff. So she really leads and shows the way. And then Carly's got this really awesome tactical side to her that kind of just really rounds out the group. So I I think as a group, we've actually been able to to work through different scenarios as a team, not necessarily with on-field stuff, but off-field stuff as well to keep the group connected and moving through. Um, make a couple of changes, I think, even within the training setup and what we think is working and not working within the team, but then also on-field as well and, and finding gaps and um, or, or finding ways that, that we can have impact on game and, and try and keep the team moving in one direction. That's cool. It sounds like a good setup. And so you got to kick off the season in Perth mm. last weekend. Obviously didn't go the Mets way, but how, how was that experience and what did you take away from those games? Well, what we took away was that our plan of best meeting worked, <laughs> except she's too good of a player because she won't do it twice. So no. <laughs> got her once. It's always the way. And I think this is going to be the challenge for WNCL over this whole season is that you're playing everyone in quick succession um, and, yeah, you can have all these plans. And they, they can come off at different points, but... Um, yeah, it, someone's going to get you at some point and how you bounce back is actually the most important thing. Um, we, we didn't have two good games, um, but I think one thing that I've been trying to reiterate to everyone is that no one's actually seen what our best game is yet and that's actually quite scary mm. um, for them, <laughs> not for us. Um, so that's, that's actually something to draw a lot of confidence from is that we've been beaten at our worst as we should be um, and we can actually find, and a lot of the things too, it's um, Katie identified that she didn't sweep early enough in the first game. And when she bats well, she sweeps. So actually moving from being emotional about it to being really objective about it really fast and just going, the change is I, I sweep earlier. And that's that was the difference in her game plan. And all of a sudden she took off in game two. So finding ways to, to do that as a, as a unit, as, as a bowling unit. We had some really good wins um, along the way, but 
yeah, finding that way to get to objective as quick as we can, not necessarily just after the game, but also in the middle of the game as well. Totally. And how important do you think it's going to be like for you as a leader within the team to like keep sort of honing in on those positives and keep looking for improvements and helping guiding the, the younger players to make sure that they don't get too disheartened from a loss like that and keep working towards the results that you want to see? I think it's something and maybe it's experience. Like This is my 10th season. I'm only 26 <laughs> though. So I, I've been here for yeah. a long time, but I still feel like I'm, I'm smack bang in the middle. Um, yeah. It took me for so long to try and get out of the the emotional side of things and and or, or being the the outcome being wrapped up in emotion as opposed to as opposed to um quite often what happens as a bowler you get hit for four and then you can easily go down the spiral of I got hit for four I'm having a bad over the captain won't bowl me again I'm not going to play next game I'm not going to play again this year it just keeps mm. going and going and going as yeah. opposed to objectively I bowl here it gets hit over there okay, what happens if I bowl my best ball? Where does that go? And being able to switch really, really quickly within that. Um, it's still times when I'm under pressure that I find myself doing as well. But uh, I've, it's what I've tried to, to get into this bowling group because it's something that I look back on and I go, geez, I wish I'd, I, I had people telling me this when I was younger and it sometimes takes a little while to click and I wish it clicked earlier for me because when you do that, it's, so much, it's, it's freeing because all of a sudden regardless of what happens, it's going to be okay. We're playing a game of cricket. Batters are allowed to bat well. Um, and bowlers are allowed to bowl well as well. So um, just finding the the little wins in in little things as well. And it's not glossing over a, a bad result or, or anything like that. It's actually getting to the crux of what do I need to do better? And it can be just one thing. And, it, and it's not, it's never, I'm not good enough. Um, it's just the the one tiny little one percenter that, that you just missed that day. Such a good mindset. And how have you found working with Johnny Dean? He always seems like quite a, a um, someone who's full of life and very positive. How, how's he been to work with? Yeah, positive is definitely a word that I'd use to to describe him as. Um, he's a massive carer and a, and a big softy. I don't know if he'd like me saying that, but he he cares deeply about everyone um, and. He just wants to see everyone do well, but equally though too, I think he really looks after the person. Um, and I think with such a young group, that's actually something really important to have is is someone that can, um, yeah, rally around people when they're maybe starting to, to dip in confidence um, or um, really getting behind. We've got a few girls who... If they're if they're up here and and sorry for podcast sake, I've got my hand above my head. Um, <laughs> but it, but if they're up, that's the journalism and and absolutely flying, how do we keep them there? How do we keep them absolutely backing themselves and 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 being positive? So um, I, I think him being a former player as well, he understands the nuances of of pressure um, and also to how quickly things can change. I mean, you can lose two and then win the next ten. Like, that's that's sort of the the perspective that that he brings to the group. Um, but yeah, I, first and foremost, I'd say he's a he's a massive care and a massive softy, and who wants to just see everyone thrive and everyone enjoy what they're doing because cricket is is something that's really enjoyable. Um, and I think sometimes we we find ways to 
to make it harder than it actually is. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a, he's a great guy, Jono, and he seems like he's part of the, the really special culture that you guys are, are building building over in the ACT, ACT. And we know you're in Brizzy at the moment, Holly, uh, back on your former, former turf coming up against Queensland next weekend, which I'm sure... Like, is it is it a weird feeling to be coming up against the team that you played for for so so long? In some respects, yes, and then also no, um, because we're playing actually at a club cricket ground that um, I've, I've played at a fair bit as well. So that kind of takes it, it makes it feel a little bit like club cricket because you're playing against them. Yeah. Um, also, Fun. to having that distance a little bit with WBBL over the last three or four years, um, I've I've played against them um, quite a, a fair bit as well. So. Um, no, it's it'll be it'll be a good challenge. I, I think they'll obviously have plans against me. Um, and um, Gracie, for whatever reason, loves to loves to turn around and tap her club teammate around the park. So I'm hoping that we can we can contain it. But um, no, it's it's really exciting, and I, I think they've been successful um, this season. They've been successful the last few seasons, um, and off the back of some really incredible performances by. The likes of Georgia Vol, who no doubt we're going to see in Australian colours very shortly, but um, we, you've got some really young ones. Georgia Presswich has been someone that I think flies under the radar and really just gets in and does a job for them. So we've got our work cut out for us. But at the same time, though, I think we know their style of play. Um, Annie Wickman and I know it intimately, having played with and against them for, for quite some time at, at club and, and within the state. So um, we, we've got this we've got a match plan to them and ACT really has beaten Queensland the last couple of years. So if you look <laughs> correctly, we've actually got the wood over Queensland at the moment. So we've got to, we've got to take stock in that and actually know that our game plan actually suits against them. Yeah. Looking forward to those yeah, guys. It's exciting. Are you looking forward to seeing them? Like, are you looking forward to catching up with the girls that like you probably haven't seen for a while? Like it probably one of the nice things about domestic cricket that you can catch up with some of your, your closest and oldest friends. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've already briefly caught up with Georgia Presswich um, and then I've, I've run into a few of the girls and, and some of the staff around the gym already. So um, I, I was actually stoked that we got to come back to Brisbane um, to, to play this round as opposed to it being in Canberra, um, at least for, for my first year getting to, to come back to some familiarity and also yeah, see, actually, see everyone. It's it's weird when you move teams because you've had people that you're so invested in, and I I care deeply about everyone that I play alongside of, and, and I still do. I still look off messages when they're when they're all going well and and everything. But um, it, it's weird when then all of a sudden there's a there's a level of distance between you you and those people that that you cared a lot about. Um, so it's it's nice to actually get back and and catch up with a few of them, and also few friends and family as well around as well. I got to got to see my mum yesterday. Um first, one of the first times since I moved to, to Canberra. So um nah, it's it's really nice to to kind of connect back in and, and feel like a, a even though it's home away from home now, but some sort of home as well. Home. Yeah. Right. yeah. And what we're gonna ask you to pinpoint one thing that is your favorite thing about being a cricketer that keeps you like coming back again and again. What would that be? I think it's that continual improvement and opportunity for, for impact broader than broader than yourself um so for me um and I guess that aligns with my values a little bit but cricket there's you can do something the same way every single time and you'll have a different outcome every time which can be maddening but at the same time though um there's there's a lot of fun in that and in, in trying to work out what your formula is within a, a team sport but also individually what what's your best game prep and 
how do you go about your best game? Um, we've got three facets of the game and you can constantly get better at all three of them. Um, so that's, that's something that I really enjoy is seeing that progression over preseason. But I think too, cricket is a unique sport where we reach so many people across the world. And um, one thing that I noticed even touring around with the Aussie team years ago was it's something that unites. Sport is something that unites all of us in cricket even more so because it's played in so many different ways, in, in so many, sorry, in so many different countries. It's actually a way to, to bring people together and um, the progression of women's sport and women's cricket in the last Oh, over my career, the last 10 years has been just rapid. Um, and that's something that I'm really passionate about is making sure that the next generation coming through have something really incredible to, to step into, um, whether it's fully professional contracts where they're, they're doing this full time, but still learning from the boys and having that, that aspect of what is the other piece of me that makes me a complete human and um, making sure that you don't lose one or the other, that, that I'm Holly, but I'm, I'm a cricketer. I'm not Holly the cricketer. I'm a cricketer. I'm a girlfriend. I'm, I work in the media. I do all these other bits and pieces. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. I've got this whole identity of, of who I am, and I think cricket just becomes that really cool piece that we get to do for a limited period of our life. Totally, totally. Oh, and we, we love to see you thriving, yeah, and it does, it brings so much joy to so many people's lives. Um, okay, the next question we got for you, Holly, it's a bit of a bit of a left of centre one, but we're going to ask you to describe um, your dream day and, like, it doesn't have to be remotely realistic. Like, it can be, like, you wake up and you're about to have, like, literally the best day of your life, but, like... Like on it, like it's, it probably won't ever happen, but like it's just one of those days that everything goes right. So is it one of those things? Go your hardest, okay. go your wildest. Ooh. Oh, geez. Um. Okay. So <laughs> always go for a walk and grab a coffee in the morning. And the coffee shop that I go to has like chocolate shavings on top of my cappuccino, not just the chocolate powder. Really? So it, it's powder. the one thing that I'm. Uh, cafes in Canberra, please listen up. It is a thing, and please do it because people in Brisbane do it, and it's the best thing ever. Um, Noted. And then, um, I don't know, is it one of those things where you check your phone and you've won the lotto <laughs> and now all of a sudden you've got you, you've got ample opportunity to do whatever you want to do? Jeez. Oh, whatever you I want. Actually, yeah, that, this, that's, this is yeah, a that wild is, that's I need to rip on this question. I don't know why. No, it's so gaming the system though. Like you win yeah, the lottery and then you get all the best days from there on out. Yeah, well, this is the thing where it's like, isn't it one of these things, Jeannie grants you three wishes and you ask for unlimited wishes? Like we're <laughs> yeah. trying to keep the system the here. <laughs> but it's got to be some cricket in the there too. Got to be some cricket yeah. in there too. So well, you'd say it's a final. The Mets win the final as well and then celebrate. <laughs> Ruth is tonight. yours. Absolutely. Ruth Preddy in the APT. <laughs> what a day. Hell yeah. And then you go home and celebrate. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that's it. Oh, beautiful. No, that's that's good. We <laughs> always a fun one, and we yeah, we should have given you a bit of press. No, that was sounds like it's sounds a like a great in the day. Last ten years that has stumped me the most. So well done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll claim that. We'll claim that. And then we next we w- wanted to chat about. We know you like we love seeing you on our screens uh, throughout the summer of cricket, and you've done such an awesome job rising through the ranks. We know you finished your journalism degree. A couple of months ago, was it? Yeah, end of last year. End of last year. Finally got the certificate at the, at the start of the year. Nice. So then I guess it's a good yeah. so you can take the photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, always get the photo up. So, like, tell us about, like, those days where you would have been balancing, like, your uni 
assignments, exams, whatever, with life as a professional cricketer? Yeah, I um I was pretty lucky um through the I uh, kind of the first few years of my journalism degree. I um, connected with with a man who worked um, at a commercial radio newsroom. Um, so I actually was working. I did some work experience, which led to a job um, with them. So I was working there for three years um, while studying um, and while playing cricket. So I, I do uh, like a six a.m. to two p.m. shift, and then go straight to training. Um, but the cool thing was, though, was I started to learn all these different crafts and. Um, how to be succinct in my writing. I think one thing, uni preps you enough, but you learn so much more on the job and all of a sudden I was finding that the job was actually helping me with my uni and, and keeping my marks going with my uni because I could write succinctly, I could speak to time, I could time out, I could do all these different pieces that you just don't think about or, or you don't necessarily do at uni because you're still learning to write for print um, as opposed to writing to speak. Um, and then I guess in terms of being able to do it with Channel 7 and, um, again, very lucky to do what I do there where they've, they've given me, um, really gifted me a, a lot of opportunities to sink or swim a little bit, um, it, whether it be at the test or um, sitting boundary side with the big bash. Um, some of those skills I think have transitioned across. There is no pressure like trying to file a, a news report or, or a section of the news report, 30 seconds to the hour when the newsreader's in the booth next to you going, <laughs> I need this in my bulletin now. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's wild because it's, it's a little bit like cricket, but actually being able to go, okay, I need to nail this in one go, even though it makes, it feels like it should be easy, right? You're reading words. It yeah. should be easy, but the amount of stumbles that you have, particularly when you're under pressure, trying to keep your newsreader voice and keeping everything level and, and everything like that, it's, it's wild. So I think <laughs> it ain't easy. <laughs> it's something that I, I really am grateful for that experience. I don't, I think what I've also learned within that is that I don't think I want to do that hard news stuff. Cause for me, it felt really surface level. I would make a phone call and I know the three grabs that I want someone to say, and I'd ask questions until, until I got it. And then it's like, sweet, thanks. I'll talk to you later. Um, yeah. Versus I really like delving into people's stories. And I think that's the side of broadcast that really lights me up. It's not necessarily the cricket thing. I don't think I'm a snuff at all. <laughs> I, I think I can read the game as I do as a bowler or um, yeah. having had different leadership hats over the years. But I, I think the one thing that really does light me up is people's stories. Like what actually has made this person perform well? What's been the lead up? Who are they off the field? What's kind of been the lead up even the last five years? Those sorts of things that, I guess I'm lucky to be privy to as an athlete getting to know a lot of these girls, but the audience at home doesn't get a chance to see. And that's, that's something that I really want to make sure that that gets brought across in the broadcast. And you, you talked about the high pressure environments um, with the stuff for channel seven is being on live TV, another high pressure environment that that just seems really stressful to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, um, I try not to think about it. Like I think sometimes you just go, okay, it's just a camera and whatnot, as opposed to going, okay, on the other end, it's live. <laughs> There's no, there's no takes. Everyone sees this, um, particularly the test. So my first test that I did, uh, 2021 with Matt Hayden, yep. I got the call up two days before and I oh. had no idea. Like it was, I'd watched the test series, but I wasn't like analyzing it the whole time. Yeah, I'm going, wasn't super what invested. Am, what am I bringing to this coverage? Like, what am I, how do I do this? Um, and then let alone being in kind of that host role and, 
Um, having, it was what was really quite good was I had someone like Matt Hayden beside me, someone who I know quite well from back home in Kingaroy. Um, and he's a, a massive, big um, personality and, and bravado and, and everything like that. So I started to work out and I had a really good chat with Alison Mitchell about what you can contribute. So my role was to make him look good and to make sure that I um, asked really good questions, lent on the journalism side of things that I've done, asked really good questions, bring out the insight that he has and let him be, let him be the, the front and centre. Um, and then equally, though, too, when I was on comms, actually researching different angles and going, okay, what are the, what's the Indian um, uh, newspapers saying about this test series? And finding different perspectives as opposed to um, thinking that I needed to have all the answers. Um, there's experts there for a reason that have the answers. I can just bring a totally different perspective um, from that. So um, I think, and really, it's similar to cricket. You don't have to do you don't have to be the same as everyone else. You bring a completely different perspective or a different skill set, and that's actually the the strength of the whole unit or the whole broadcast unit, the whole team um, that that brings to the coverage. Yeah, totally. And you mentioned Ali Mitchell. Like, how beneficial has it been for you to sort of come into this TV environment and like see people like Ali and Mel Jones, Lisa Stalaker, Julia Price, all these women that are absolutely nailing the TV coverage. And it seems like kind of a really nice kind of close-knit group that you all kind of work on it together and put out a really good product for the fans. Yeah, it's it's really cool because I think there's been different perspectives, again, right across. Like Lisa's knowledge on players is insane um, and, and that's she is just so good at, at what she does. Chiku um, is that really nice in between where she can um, facilitate conversation but still be still be an expert. Um, Ali just, I, she's just so smooth. And I think having people like that to look up to and um, also understand their prep, the amount of, I think, what, um, what I've been able to, to see behind the scenes um, is that a lot of people just think that commentary is quite easy, that people just get up, they say their opinion and whatever else. The amount of prep that goes into it is ridiculous. And a lot of these women, I think, probably do overs uh, in terms of their prep because we want to make sure that we do a good job of it. We know that we're really lucky to do what we do um, and we want to make sure that this is, and I, I know that that all the women that have started it, we want to make sure that this is actually a really awesome um, progression in, in women in media and, and to keep it actually going. So we want to make sure we do a good job of it so that it, I feel like it used to be tokenistic. It's not anymore. It's, you're seeing it across AFL as well. Daisy Pierce it provides incredible expert commentary um, at the right times and really finds a way to, to hold her voice and, and hold her opinion within um, a, a commentary unit that, that has a heap of different personalities. So, yeah, I think it's cool for someone like myself, Elise Villani as well, who's still playing, and Kirby Short as well, to be able to come in and learn off these women. It's, it's really, really yeah, cool. so good. And I just wanted to touch on one other big change that's happened for you recently, signing with the Perth Scorchers. How, how did that come about and how stoked are you to get over there and play with Moons and, and stuff? Yeah, uh, very, very cool to be on the same team as, as Moons. Um, so I'm happy that she knocked me around the whacker and I'm looking forward to sitting uh, along, uh, hopefully on the bench and watching her do her thing while she's out in the middle with Soph Divine. But um, no, it's, it's, it was really, really cool. I had a good chat with, with Shelly Nishki kind of about what they were, what they were chasing, what they were after. And, um, 
them as a team and, and their culture over the last couple of years has been cool to watch, um, not just as, a, as an opposition with the women, but um, actually getting to experience it when I was commentating for seven. Um, the, the men just had this real get it done attitude um, because they were on tour. Like they had their game changed. They got called at midday to say, hey, you're playing at 6 p.m. tonight. Spoke to a lot of their staff and they're like, it is what it is. We've got to keep the big match going. And, and that was really refreshing and really cool. Um, so it made complete sense to me that, that they won last year and, and same with the women. They, they're exactly the same. And um, I'm really excited to work alongside Lily Mills again, um, Beth Mooney, Kingy from when we were at the Stars together. Um, but then also getting the chance to learn off Cappy and, and Soph will, will be really cool. It's been, I, I've loved watching them as, as competitors. Um, and so being able to be, I guess, in the inner sanctum and learn from them will be awesome. But the one other thing that I'm excited about is actually getting over to Perth and playing in front of the, in front of the fans. They are some of the most loyal and fierce fans in the country. Um, and I'm so glad that I'm going to be wearing the same color shirt as them this year. Um, <laughs> but it's, they've been deprived over the last few years with the fixture and borders and everything like that. So the fact that we now have a, a normal season upcoming, um, no, I, I'm really stoked for for what this whole WBBL is going to achieve this year. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun. And just just finally, like we hear so much about you know the leadership qualities of Soph Devine, Shelley Nitschke, obviously Moons. They're obviously like awesome cricketers, awesome cricket people. But like, how much is that? Like, they seem like really good people. So how much does that sort of impact your decision to to go over and join that that um, team? And like, does that make you just excited to to be part of yeah, the, the scorches, the scorches mindset. Yeah, I, I think um, I've done a little bit of reflecting over the last couple of years about what captains I've really enjoyed playing under. And a lot of them have been people like really people, people or really good people managers, as opposed to um, people that, that necessarily lead the way or do by example. So is that kind of perfect combination of, of all of those things um, where she um, as a leader can obviously do what she does with the bat and the ball, but um, watching and, and listening from even someone like Lily Mills who went over there completely blind last year, the way that she empowered Lil to do her job um, with the ball was, was really kind of cool as well. Um, someone that hadn't had too much of a, a go at the WBBL level all of a sudden coming in and holding the, what is it, the golden cap for, for so long as well. So, um, I, I think that's a, a really cool um, show of, of the, the sort of leadership that, that they all have. Moons is someone that I've played alongside of since I was a little kid. She was one that I looked up to because we grew up in the same region um, and she was always the absolute superstar in, in our region. So um, to be able to go over there, reconnect with her, I think um, she was really awesome in this time to actually helping me come over there um, and I'm, I'm really yeah, really, really glad that that she she had a good chat. I think with Shell to to see if there was a, a spot for me over there. Oh, awesome! Oh, it's great to hear, Holly. Like we're so happy for you. Can't wait to see you keep killing it in the in the navy blue with the meteors and yeah, especially with the Perth scorches. I think it's going to be cracking WBBL season. We can't wait for it to get underway. And yep, yeah, thank you for joining us. It was great to chat. And yeah, we, we wish you nothing but the best for the next couple of months. No, thank you very much. It's going to get busy. I'm excited. It is going to get so busy. <laughs> Bring it on. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat trick. She comes at Molyneux. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 